0: Hey, everyone. Chris here. Just wanted to jump in and touch base on a couple of things before we started the episode. Uh, One, you may have noticed it's been a while since we've released an episode. Uh, We actually had a few uh, set up ready to go, uh, and we were having some audio issues with those. Um, So we decided uh, the quality was just not good enough to release those episodes. Um, And that's been part of the reason why there's been a big gap. The other reason is, of course, um, coronavirus and that outbreak. Um, it's something that all of us are dealing with, and uh, it kind of delayed our schedule with the podcast. Um, but we explored new territory on this episode and did our first recording through Zoom. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. Audio here does kind of clip in and out at times, but um, I think it's, it's decent enough to release. And I think we're talking about some interesting stuff, or at least hopefully uh, you'll think so as well. Alright, well thanks for listening and we'll um get this thing started.
1: Hey, I see
0: a recording yeah. thing. We're here recording. We're go. It's official. Like a referee with a whistle.
2: Our first here
1: Hello and welcome to Marginally Significant. My name is Andrew Smith, and I'm here with Andrew Monroe. Hello. Twilo Ingrove. Hello. And Chris Holden. Hey, what's up? So this is the first episode where we are not in the same room as each other. We when we started the podcast, we were, you know, deciding like, yes, we're gonna record, you know, next to each other because other podcasts do it differently and they do it remotely, and we'll do everything in the same room and has better feel. But we're not doing that this time because of the coronavirus. So if wow. you notice difference, there's the difference. <laughs> but that does, does lead into uh, what we're gonna be talking about today. So today our uh, discussion maybe is a little less structured than what we have in the past, not that they're normally particularly well thought out, but um, we're gonna be talking about the coronavirus and how that's been affecting our teaching, our research, personal lives, and so on and um, I don't have a good lead in, so I'm gonna lead it to, or uh, lead it up to somebody else. Who wants to start with talking about how the coronavirus has affected kind of your life and what's going on right now?
2: Well, so I was thinking like we could break this out into, into some chunks and talk about um, how this has affected how our, our teaching, because I think that's, that's probably the, the most obvious way. Um, but also how it's been affecting uh, research and home life. I, I think those are, uh, I mean, home life is, I've been locked in the house for the last two weeks, not literally, but metaphorically. And uh, my my cats have like really, really developed like some interesting uh, inner monologues. Uh, so I, I think like we can talk about how, how this has affected us personally. I think we can talk about how it's, it's affected our, our research. But I think like starting off with, with teaching is maybe a a good place to start here.
1: So we've uh, fully transitioned to online classes basically for the rest of the semester. Have have any of you guys taught online classes before? Never.
2: No.
3: I did. (laughs) (laughs) I taught online for a, uh, I shall not name, um, sort of like high profile, one of the high profile for-profits online institutions uh, for a couple years as I was transitioning from grad school into professorhood.
1: That's fair. Did that, yeah, did that experience help with this transition or was it just such a different experience when you're starting with an online class versus when you're having to transition from face-to-face to online that it didn't really even help?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, that experience at the time I was teaching online and maybe it's changed for those institutions. I don't know, but, um, it was, there was no face-to-face synchronous interaction. It was all discussion boards and written assignments and, um, online tests. And so, I mean, I think we, I think a lot of people agree at this point that discussion discussion boards have kind of limited utility they're they're helpful for certain specific goals, but as like the only mode of instruction, it's probably not ideal. So um, I don't feel like anything <laughs> that I got from that really has prepared me because it was a different platform too they used blackboard so even the platform didn't really help because we've kept our same platform, and I don't even think Zoom existed when I was teaching online, so I felt just as unprepared as everyone else for this future.
1: Well, that's a good um, kind of, I don't know, maybe lead-in, in, in terms of, what have you guys done in terms of um, synchronous versus asynchronous? Have you, you know, we've been kind of encouraged to go asynchronous, but obviously there's, there's significant limitations with that, Um, have you guys dealt with that? Have you gone asynchronous? Are you doing some synchronous stuff, some combo? What are you guys doing?
0: Yeah. So we were talking about this off air. Um, I'm still confused where those, uh, distinctions are, but I guess I'm doing synchronous with everything else being asynchronous or like options to complete stuff outside. Um, and I did this ultimately because I'm teaching, um, a couple of stats classes and a couple of labs where we're doing a lot that's hands-on and i did want to offer those standing meeting times even if i'm just sitting in the background in zoom which i'm doing relatively frequently um, as they work through for example like a two-way anova uh, in Jamovi or something like that so um, i didn't want to make myself readily available as a resource and that's why i went with uh synchronous but even in those cases i'm Um, I'm recording all my lectures so students would be able to kind of follow along and do what they need to succeed, um, and complete the different assignments. Um, and with the one lecture course that I'm teaching right now, I'm doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, I was wholly unprepared for what this would look like and what it was, but, um, I think after almost a week now, I'm feeling relatively comfortable with it.
2: Yeah, I guess uh, the way, um, so I I have sort of two sets of classes. I have one set of classes that are lecture-based and the other that is a seminar. And for the seminar, it's entirely synchronous. Uh, And that was the one where when when everyone was saying, like, okay, we're taking everything online, like, well, obviously this will never work. Um, because how, how can you have like in-depth discussions with 20 people, um, over, over the internet? And I have to say, I've actually been super surprised at how well the students have taken to this. Uh, so, and, and, um, I was talking with my wife about this and she's like, yeah, well, it might actually, like, we might actually be hitting up against a generational difference that... They are much more used to just online, non in person interactions than we are, and like we might think it's weirder than they do in some respect. Um, and I think this is—I was—I I, want to brag on on my my class for just a moment, not about me, but but about my students. Um, this last Friday, so we we um, in this class, like we take a paper, we read that paper, and then we uh, we read it before class. But then we we spend the the class time basically like discussing the methodology and implications of the paper and then also like the societal implications of, of the paper. And this last Friday, my internet broke. Um, so I, I was still present in the room, but whenever I was talking, no one could hear me. I was reduced to basically like just writing things in the chat window. And I was all set. Uh, we had like 10 minutes of class where my internet worked and then the rest of class, like it broke after you know five minutes of things not working I was all set to like let's cancel class we're not having it and every class we have uh, a student presenter and in this case we had, we had two and the student presenters and the students just ran with class like they had class discussion and if anything uh, it might have been better than when when I'm there for class discussion like they it was organic it was everything I hoped it would be so I was, I, I, I wanna like brag on them for, for a moment. Um, I was really, really proud of how they have really been resilient um, with, the, with like all of the uncertainty we've thrown at them, throwing everything online, having to learn to some extent, like a new way of having class. So for the, that synchronous class, I, I feel like it's been uh, way better than I expected it to be. For my lecture-based classes, those have been largely asynchronous. So I've usually like I'm recording my lectures on a Sunday and then I post them to YouTube and then uh, people can like watch them uh, whenever they want. And that, and then we have we have a contact day. Then, then every Wednesday, like we, we meet for an hour to like talk about what's in the lecture to uh, like Q&A period. Um, and that has been, I mean, I guess time will tell uh, how effective it is, but I'm, I thought that that would actually work much better than it is in this case where, cause I can see like how many people have viewed the, uh, the lecture slides and it's about 50% of, of the class. And also just like recording the lectures sucks, um, yeah. which maybe like we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more about like how our experience of actually teaching has changed, but like, I I like lecturing, lecturing, like going into class if I'm in a bad mood, lecturing like perks me up, but Mm -hmm. um, it turns out that those are mostly audience effects, it seems.
0: Yeah, to piggyback off of um, kind of your first main point there about like the students taking to this technology and the changes, I've noticed some similar things too. Um, So my very first class, I thought I was gonna have to spend like 15 minutes, 20 minutes telling them what Zoom is, how it works. Like, here's how you chat. Here's how you private chat. And I was, like, immediately getting all of these forms of feedback from students. They'd already figured it out. Some of them had changed their backgrounds. Like, they had figured all of it out. And I think in a weird way, it's actually made some of these classes more interactive. Um, And I'm doing something a little differently than you are with my lecture class. I'm still teaching it synchronously, and students are showing up. And, um, you know, I'm not having as many so there might be a selection effect, but the students that are there—they're, you know—they're chatting in questions, they're raising their hands, they're giving me thumbs up when I ask questions. Um, so it's been really cool to see that because I, I didn't expect that at all. I figured, you know, we'd be retooling and refiguring out all this stuff. So
2: yeah, um, and and maybe like that—that that, um, yeah, that's a good point. That maybe just like by recording these things and throwing them on YouTube and making things—I've made things maybe. Um, not interactive enough for my lecture classes and so people are disengaging but um, honestly like some of that was just self-preservation that I like needed a way to get content online in a way that I kind mm-hmm. of knew how to do and and um, so yeah it's, it's probably not good uh, I, I probably should be doing like a synchronous recording but then you could access it anytime that that's probably the best way to do it but um, for me I'm just like I need to be able to just get this up and learn how to, I mean, I, I, have got a, I've got an online exam to create for Friday and no idea how to do that yet. So that, that'll be fun for me.
0: Yeah. I wrestled with that, uh, yesterday. It's the first time I've done an online exam. Um, but yeah, who's to say which is better. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to say I've got it figured out. Um, but I mean, I'm getting some of the same effects that you are too, as well with, doing it synchronously synchronously and recording later. I mean, I have a class of roughly 50 and I had today in that class, like 10 to 12 students. Um, oh, okay. And then I've, I've posted mine on Google drive so I can pretty easily see who's accessed that. And it's, it's a small sliver of students. So, um, you know, it, it may be having some of the same effects. And I think some of the things that underlie that is, are, you know, students are dealing with a lot of different things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, I don't, I don't fault them for that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. And at least on that front in terms of, you know, are they engaging with these recordings? Are they, um, actually interfacing with the class as they would if they still came to class. Right. Um, but I wanted to throw a point to Smith cause I know that you posted about this on Twitter, uh, Smith, about how, Um, It used to be that when you walked into the classroom and you were lecturing, you were kind of more engaged and more excited and it it lifted your mood. And I know Monroe, you mentioned that as well. Um, Has that changed for you since we've had a few days of this?
1: Um, Not really. So, you know, just to kind of back up a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I basically posted that um, previously, just like, Monroe, like what you said, when if I was feeling like down or whatever, if I would go teach a class, I would typically feel better. And I I enjoy the experience. I like the interaction. um, I feel like I'm reasonably competent at teaching the students. And so I would I would feel better. Whereas recently when I've been recording lectures. So again, to kind of back up a little bit. Um, most of the pretty much everything I've been doing has been asynchronous and so one of the classes that I teach and the one that I was kind of referring to is a class of 180 students and so just the the idea of doing something synchronously just seems marginally ridiculous right there with that, that many people to have uh, all those people to kind of even expect them to, to join a zoom meeting um, but also just learning about some of the I don't know suggestions for online classes suggesting that maybe we should have smaller videos you know short 10 15 minute videos and posting those and that's like you know people's attention span that's all they can handle and so really trying to do that and so so a lot of it's been in that that kind of goal of having these short mini lectures that that people can watch and so i've been recording some of those and You know, of course, watching them afterwards and being marginally mortified at uh, the, you know, how they went and how I fumbled around and not really having the motivation or effort to re-record things, but just not feeling great afterwards. And it was such this, this contrast between how I felt with teaching live classes versus recording, you know, so live classes would make things feel better. Recording, not only did it not make it feel better, I was feeling worse each time after I would record and so it was getting really hard to get motivated to actually record. I wouldn't say that it's changed much. I mean, maybe it's changed a little bit um, now that we've been doing it for a week, week and a half. Um, I think it'll be telling to think about this at the end of the semester. So after we've been doing it for, you know, eight weeks and I've had a lot more practice, I think that might be a better time to gauge but at this point it's it I'm still struggling you know each time I put out a lecture it's like well that was mediocre at best and I don't feel particularly excited about it and I hope that nobody finds it on the internet aside from my students and uh, I would be okay with that so it's just it's it's a struggle I, I was not expecting that I mean not that I was expecting that I would love online teaching but But I wasn't expecting this kind of, you know, this, I don't know, struggle to get motivated to actually um, um, record the lectures and put things online and do everything. Because again, just previously, I didn't have that same experience. It wasn't so much of a struggle. And I just enjoyed it. I like teaching. I did want to add on a little bit of the um, kind of, I don't know, the thoughts about the students so, I've had um, kind of similar experiences. I'm doing most things asynchronously, but I did send out a um, uh, survey. And so, for, for my students, I asked them a lot of different questions about part of it was just get a gauge of, you know, did they actually have access to computers, internet, all that sort of stuff. And um, they, they seemed to, but um, I, I got a lot of feedback, and a lot of them really were saying, like, yeah you know, I can deal with it online, it seems like it's going to be fine, however, I don't like to do with this, but I, you know, intentionally don't take um, online classes for this reason, and they would kind of then specify the different reasons, they like the interaction, or um, they like the, some of it is just the consistency of, you know, you go to class, and you do the work, and you have that schedule, and so I think that they're, um, they're, they're, Resilient and they're doing well and, and, and things are going great, but I don't know that they're necessarily happy with a lot of the changes that have happened. I mean not that we are either but but right. still it, it is worth keeping that in mind
2: yeah, I mean I've had an ethical question around like whether or not we should have just like refunded them their money and said like sorry uh, because even though I mean I, I think we're trying to do the best job that that we can. Um, it's not the same. And I, I think like anyone who would say like, you can do exactly the same thing uh, online that you can do in person, I, I would like fight that person. Like that that's simply wrong. Uh, like I wouldn't win that fight because I won't win any fights in life. But um, but like clearly uh, that that is just not correct. I, I have been impressed where our students have been resilient and understanding, uh, but I mean, yeah, Smith, I, I completely agree with the way that you're talking about recording your lectures. I, I've always like, I, I feel like I, I like feed off their energy in, in an in-person class that when I'm lecturing, if I go in in a bad mood, like going in and having that in-person class like, usually makes me happier than uh, what I went into that class. I mean, I'm still kind of like tired afterwards because it is a bit of a performance, but I'm, I'm, I'm happier. Um, whereas for recording these, these asynchronous lectures and, and I did my, my choice for doing that was because a bunch of my students said, I don't have reliable internet. Um, and, and this is like a separate matter that like, we should be treating the internet as a utility. That's not the fault of our university. That, that's a failing of our national government, but like that, that's a, that's a later point for a later rant. Um, but a bunch of my students don't have reliable access to, to the internet, so I did everything uh, where I was just going to record it, these shorter lectures that are like fifteen to thirty minutes long, so they can watch them in like smaller chunks. And I've had to like put it on my schedule Sunday night, like this two-hour block is like when you're going to do it because it's it is kind of torturous. Um, I and and the best I think like metaphor that I can think of for this was. Uh, when sort of coronavirus was first happening and a bunch of the late night talk show hosts did their their show without their studio audiences. And I remember watching one of them like, oh, this is weird. Like, this is not as funny. Like the guy, Mm -hmm. like they're they're way more wooden. Um, Their delivery is off. And then I like did my first recorded lecture and I'm like, oh yeah, because like you feed off your audience because like you figure out like, when do I take a breath? what are people understanding what's funny nothing uh what like isn't funny um and and like not having that just like speaking into the void as i'm recording a lecture is this this one-way communication that just feels painful every time i, I do it and uh, it really does like i'm i'm you know i'm only a couple weeks in but it saps my motivation a little bit and it sort of leaves me with this feeling of like well should I just like do the bare minimum that I like have to do and kind of like phone this in so that I can I can like get other like real things which no one can see me doing air quotes right now other like real things done but then the thing that like pulls me back from that ledge is our students I think are trying really hard and they are being confronted with this like very uncertain world and a lot of them are scared. And I feel like it's, it's our job. Like, yeah, this isn't fun for us. Like it's not fun for anyone. And if that means like I need to like sit down, like do two hours of really unpleasant recording work, like boo hoo, like get over it is, is what I try to tell myself.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Oh, good. Sorry. Oh
3: yeah. I just, I think, like, you guys hit the nail on the head. We're tolerating it, and our students are tolerating it, but none of us is enjoying (laughs) this process. Um, but I took a different direction. Instead of saying I need to, like, bear down and torture myself for two hours, uh, to record my lectures, and I have different classes than you do, too, so I didn't really have a lecture-based class this semester, um, but I, I sort of went, I can't give them a refund, right? But I went with that kind of ethic. I was just like, listen, these are confusing times. We all have shit to do. We're all stressed out. Like you, I gave students in one of my classes an option to um, take the grade that they had or if, if they weren't happy with it, then they can do, we had a second paper planned. It's a, a heavy writing course and mm-hmm. they had finished the first paper. So I said, if you're not happy with your grade, then we can do the second paper. And so I allowed them to opt in to whichever approach they wanted. And I've had mixed feelings about it. I still have mixed feelings about it, even though the ship has sailed at this point, Um, because I do feel like some people will view it as like me taking the easy road. But then at the same time, I think, and I should also say that almost everyone in my class was a graduating senior. Mm -hmm. And So at the same time, I feel like, These students are like they have a lot on their plate right now. And I don't and I'm and this is a one credit class. And I'm just sort of like, listen, if I can make it a little easier on you, then I'm just gonna go ahead and do that. Yeah.
2: I have I have at least abandoned like my late policy. I mean, I haven't told them this and I assume this won't air until like we're most of the way through the semester and I don't know how many of our students listen to it. I, yeah exactly all of my students of course listen uh, to, to me podcasting uh, but I, I basically whenever someone's like yep I couldn't I couldn't turn this in on time I'm like yep that that's fine um, I it's just not a one it's like not a battle that I care to fight out of just sheer laziness because I have other things on my mind but the other is I have no idea what their home situation is. I have no idea. Um, I mean, some of my students are like, yep, I'm, I'm like, um, I'm right here sitting outside of a library because this is the only place where like, I can get internet access. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I don't care if your paper is late. Like that's just, the papers and assignments, like all of this seem so fucking trivial uh, amid you know the moment that we're living in. And part of me wants to like, tell our students like, look, um, just, just to be clear, I'm not doing this. I would not do this. It's not ethical. But like, part of me wants to tell our students, my students, like, look, um, let's just call it a day, and like, everybody like can can have like a, a B, um, and because like, really, like, we all have bigger fish to fry right now. Uh, no. Again, I would not do that. I have not done that. Uh, I just want to make it very <laughs> clear.
3: I mean, I'm uh, pretty close to that. I didn't assign their grades for them. They earned them, but. Like I did, I came up to the line and was like, this is what I can reasonably do. And I've had students thank me. I've had a couple students say that they feel like that their classes have become harder because their professors have shifted to more reading and um, like more of that kind of like low work and heavier reading loads. Mm. Um, And so I think maybe it helped balance the load for some people.
1: That's funny because I um, basically cut all of our reading from my classes. So I, you know, so first off, I assume they don't have the textbook. So different universities were on different schedules, but our students, when all this happened, they were on spring break and then we extended spring break and and, um, that's what happened. And so um, I assume that they didn't uh, take their textbook with them on spring break. So they probably didn't have it with them. Um, some or a lot of the textbook um, publishers have, you know, gotten or given people online access, and that's fine. I basically just didn't look into that, so I'm assuming they don't have access to their textbook. So I'm just pulling all of that out of there. Now, to be honest, I'm thinking that most people probably didn't read the textbook anyway, but still, I, I'm not adding that as an expectation, so I'm definitely pulling back, and so that's interesting to hear Twila that you were saying that some students are saying that their professors are kind of doubling down on the, the textbook readings, but I guess that would be an e- easy way to kind of pawn off some of the teaching to say, Hey, read the textbook. But, but yeah, I'm doing less of that. I feel like more like you, I'm pulling back. Like I've already dropped a couple um, topics from my classes that we would normally cover because it's just, it, it, for me, I just can't cover as much material in the same amount of time. So I've been pulling back, but obviously different people are different.
3: So oh, should what? we talk about how um, the pandemic has affected our research? Should we move on to mm. Oh, yeah. I
2: can,
1: I can go first because uh, sure. mine's easy. <laughs> so um, I've done zero
0: <laughs> research. Done. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I haven't done anything. Yeah,
1: so once the, you know, everything hit, we can no longer collect data Mm -hmm. um, face-to-face. We can, I I will say, I guess that's not, that's an exaggeration to say that I'm not doing any research. Um, One of my students, and this has been, I mean, this is kind of crossing the lines with uh, teaching research. But one of my graduate students was kind of halfway through his um, data collection for his thesis. And it was a face-to-face study. So we had to figure out a way to get that online. And and fortunately it fairly well works as an online study, but still just completely transition onto an online study. So he collected almost exactly half of the data in person and the second half will be collected online. And so I guess we'll get to see any differences between those two, but that was definitely a struggle to to get that done and and it's just a different experience. um, collecting online and kind of the different, um, I don't know, things you have to worry about with um, online studies versus face-to-face studies. So, yeah, so a lot of it was trying to transition current studies that we were doing from face-to-face online, others just realizing, well, I guess that study will have to wait until, I don't know, who, who knows when we'll be able to start running um, studies again in, in, um, in face-to-face studies. Um, but in terms of like writing, I've done very little, I've been so focused on, um, you know, the classes, transitioning the classes, doing all that, um, transitioning the different studies that we have. And then just kind of a lot of the, just kind of personal upheaval that happens with a pandemic that I've done very little in terms of like writing and so on. So yeah, that's, it's really definitely impacted research.
0: Yeah. And I should, back up for a second too. I have submitted a pre-registration. I was one of those people that um, had a project that they thought was amenable to uh, the effects of coronavirus. So, uh, Way to capitalize, and I, <laughs> man. It's, yeah, I, we'll, we'll see what happens with it, but um, that's pretty much been it. And like you, Smith, I've had some projects I wanted to get up and running uh, this semester or in, in coming semesters, and I don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Monroe, you were going to say something.
2: Yeah, I mean, everything in the lab, same as you guys, like, has has shut down. Um, we're still, I mean, one of the, the way that I'm trying to reframe this a little bit is that we do have, like, some backlogs of data that, like, mm. need to be coded, like, some open-ended data and things like that, and so this sort of pause has, has like, made that opening for doing that type of work, um, but, and, and to the extent possible, we've also like moved some of our studies online, but we had um, uh, this this big study that was planned that was a a, a texting site where we're gonna ask people, you know, about their everyday moral behaviors and all these things. And even though that's online, it's just on people's phones. The fact of the matter is like people's moral lives don't look anything like normal right now. And so that we're basically gonna punt until like probably, I don't know, I would imagine like August or September uh, until things start to approach uh, a normal, yeah, yeah, we hope, uh, and yeah, no one can see Twyla just crossed her fingers, but yeah, like we, we hope around August, September, uh, things will, will sort of start to approximate normal. But I mean, this this raises kind of a, a bigger issue that I, or a bigger worry that I have about, uh, I mean, there's already a, a giant difference um, in, w- how productive people can be in their research. And obviously, like, that's not the only thing uh, in our jobs. That's not the, the only thing that's important. But I mean, for us at a university where grant funding is something that we seek, and I mean, at least Smith gets it. Um, but I mean, for, for, the, uh, <laughs> for most of us, like we, we apply for grant funding, but um, we, we don't get a ton of grant funding. And so, just throwing something online assumes that you've got the resources to uh, to do it. And so, at, at, at this type of like smaller institution, like for us, it means largely our research is shut down. Whereas uh, maybe at other research institutions, like R ones, where like yeah, things do like just transition a little bit more easily online. Um, you know, to mTurk populations that we can't trust at all uh, for for having like decent data quality. Um, but yeah, I I've tried to reframe this as a period of time where the lab can catch up at least. But in terms of getting writing done, um, I I forget what the like Twitter thread was. Was like, remember X person invented like this new theory when they were like hiding out from a pandemic? And every time I read that, like my reaction is just like, oh my god, jump off a cliff! Um, yeah,
1: it was uh, Isaac Newton and calculus.
2: Okay. It was- it was Newton. All right. Well, yeah, screw you, Isaac Newton. Uh, and and screw all the people who are like, you should be writing more because uh, Isaac Newton did. Uh, I mean, to be honest, my level of anxiety has just been super high because every five minutes, it seems like I get another email about something going wrong in the world or someone who needs something from me. And yeah. that constant sort of ping, ping, ping of, need it's really hard to like sit down and have like a deep conceptual thought when even even when i turn off my email and and i do now like i turn off my email basically all day and only turn it on at night um but it's still sort of hanging out there in the background along with like just the generalized anxiety of i can't really leave my house and um and i'm to be clear i'm exceptionally lucky like i'm on salary Um, And so, like, my job is safe. My livelihood is safe. Like, I'm not in danger of, like, losing my home, losing uh, any of these things. At some point, it's likely that I will get coronavirus because my wife works at a grocery store, and that's, like, the front line for exposure. But, I mean, even so, we're both very lucky that we're young and we don't have any underlying health issues. So, even, like, taking into account, like, that piece, like, we're really lucky. But, like, no, I haven't been doing a ton of research. I've been stressed out and uh so yeah no no i that that hasn't been happening at all this isn't just like a giant gift of fucking time to like sit down and write out my big thoughts
3: yeah i i'm glad to hear you say that just because i can relate to it i feel like there's some subset of people on twitter who are angry at single people right now because apparently there have been single people talking about how amazing their lives are and how much work they're getting done. I don't know who these people are, but as a single person, I can say that they do not (laughs) represent me. (laughs) I have just been unable to concentrate on any kind of high cognitive task. Like, I can't sit down and write. I can't for like, like I'm using the Pomodoro technique because 25 minutes is all you're going to get out of me (laughs) at a time. And then I need to get up and move around. And so I'm getting, you know, I'm getting my teaching expectations met. I am running, like my lab is still active and we have coding to do. So we're able to keep that project going. And so I'm keeping that going. And then it is just an onslaught of emails of requests about like, what is this? And what is that? And how are you going to do this? And how are you going to do that? And, um, and especially because I have so many different roles on campus, I'm having to manage sort of figuring out or responding to requests. Sometimes it's not even a problem that actually It's a problem that people think might exist, (laughs) and then to come up with a solution to that hypothetical problem. (laughs) Um, But, but um, especially as program director, there have been a lot of problems that have arisen that have just required sort of addressing and being creative. Like, I mean, you brought it up a minute ago, Smith. But for our graduating students, there some of them had their data collection disrupted, and we. to figure out on an individual basis what to do with those specific projects, knowing that some of those projects probably, we we can't anticipate when we'll resume data, uh, like on in-person data collection, but at this point, it's not going to be before August, and they were all planning on graduating by August, and many of them have PhD programs that they're moving on to, so we can't really hold them up. So we have to figure out how to maintain some sort of quality in the project with either ridiculously low sample sizes or a complete shift in what they're doing for their thesis, a complete last minute shift in what they're doing for their thesis.
2: We should just produce some Monte Carlo data and then have them analyze that data.
3: You know, that thought has, not, has crossed my mind. Oh, really. <laughs> I have thought of all the possibilities. (laughs) Fortunately, I don't think it's come to that. Um, Um, But yeah, the possibility of simulating data sets came up. And um, yeah, I don't know if it's better or worse than dealing with like 10 per cell. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I feel... I feel really lucky here. Like my, I only have one uh, second-year grad student right now, and he he got his data last semester. So we're like, and we're skating past that for the moment. Mm. So I I feel really really lucky because I because he is going off to a PhD program in the fall, assuming that like that state hasn't fallen off the map. Um, but uh, but I mean, if he didn't have his data, I I don't I don't really know like what what the compromises, And I think like exactly that, like that sentiment is the sort of defining sentiment of the moment, like we simply don't know. Uh, like the uncertainty around how is research gonna happen, the uncertainty around how are we going to effectively teach our students, how do we mentor our students? Like all of that uncertainty is, I mean, pe- yeah, it, like you said, like with the single people, like getting lots of work done, like props to them if they can, like there's, nothing wrong with being productive but i think also there's also absolutely nothing wrong with not being productive right now because we're dealing in a world that's really uncertain and just trying to keep keep our heads above water is at least the way that i feel that that that's just like i want to do the best job that i can for my students um but honestly like where i can kind of like phone it in i'm probably going to just for my own sanity and i'm again extremely lucky i i don't have to contend i mean i have two cats that like demand my time but like at the end of the day like you can like shut a cat out of your room and it's not abused uh whereas like people who have children i don't know i don't know how like people with children are are managing right now because i feel like i would like smother my children at this point
1: yeah the answer is not particularly well is how how people with children are dealing right now yeah, no, I, I, um, I, so I definitely, like when a lot of this was coming out in terms of, oh, hey, the classes are going to be going online and we're going to be canceling a lot of different things. And then uh, Monroe, like you said, people were saying like, great, this is going to be a good time to you know write and do everything. I definitely had that, um, the reaction a- against that. But in a weird way, I'm also having like, a reaction against the reaction to that in the sense that then now people are saying like just let it go don't worry about any of this productivity you you know just focus on yourself and self care and all these other things and now that's starting to be so like that's just such crap i can't do that and and it has nothing to do with like oh you know, I want to make sure I get my pubs or whatever. I've already given up on all of my own research. That's, that's fine, whatever. But like my students, I have two honor students. They, you know, to get their honors theses done, to get their, you know, to complete this, they have to get to a certain level. We might be lowering the bar a little bit because of everything that's happening and that's fine, but they still have a certain thing that they're doing. I have a, a master's student and the stuff that he's doing. I have other students who were planning on presenting at different conferences and they're not presenting because those conferences got canceled. So now we're having to figure out, well, do they go to different conferences? They need these things for getting into um, grad schools and and, and kind of moving on. And so there are so many things that have nothing to do with me, nothing to do with these, any kind of like ideas about my own research that I have to do. So just that idea of like, just let it go. Just self-care. You take time for you no, that's crap. I can't do that. I'm already like cutting back halfway and still I'm not getting to be enough. And that's not even taking into account any of the, like taking care of my son and doing all these different things. And, you know, I'm homeschooling him apparently and, and all these different things that are happening. And it's just like, yeah, there it's, it's this frustrating, like middle between, like I can't let it all go, but I can't do it all. And I don't know where that middle ground actually is. So I'm just sitting here being tired and cranky apparently. <laughs> yeah,
2: but I think like tired and cranky is, uh, is our like default state right now. Uh, because yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Like this idea of like, well, just like let it go or phone it in sort of assumes that nothing hangs on what we do. And yeah, you know what, if I, if we dropped everything, then our students wouldn't graduate. There are, we have responsibilities to people. And I think like right now, it sounds like what we're expressing is we're just trying to carry the water for the people who depend on us. And this is why like have, we got a lot of research done. No, because like that's a personal luxury item for us and that takes a back seat to making sure that like our students can graduate um and that like we take care of the people who depend on us Um, and i mean so not the same as having children but one thing that has been interesting is so i'm i'm working from home i'm delivering all my my lectures and and my classes and all these things from home and uh you know my wife also lives here Um, and the, because like the line between work and home life has now become like very, very blurry, it has created some some interesting new friction points around, like in, in the relationship where she, I mean, I think there's like a natural intuition, like, oh, you're home. And therefore like, if, if I'm home and you're home, like we can have, we can have like time together. Like we can, we can hang out and, Uh, But like, I'm thinking like, no, you're home, but I'm not home. Like, treat me as if I am not here. And that, like, I think that naturally feels like I'm ignoring my, like, my partner feels like I am ignoring her in this moment. And then like, when that gets expressed, I feel resentful because like, I'm at, I'm at work right now. And So all of this is creating like additional, I mean, again, this is like without kids, this is like the simplest version, just my wife and me. And even in that context, like we're, I mean, we're, again, we're, we're more or less fine, but like the tension level is like ramped up a little bit because we haven't figured out how to navigate this new reality of like what our relationship and what our work lives look like.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely can, relate to that i mean both with my wife also with my son and i i haven't you know so we've only been doing this for a relatively short amount of time so i i haven't exactly figured out the the schedule that i'm going to be sticking to and everything but right now my schedule is i wake up at 5:30 in the morning so i can get work done before my son wakes up and then he actually his like school quote unquote starts at nine o'clock and so that way um, I can get some stuff done, and then have a little bit of time to get him ready. So then he, so they actually do some um, uh, synchronous stuff. So they, you know, use a, a Google Meet, and they they meet up with their teacher and everything, which is, which is great. Um, but I have to get him ready for that and do all that sort of stuff. So so I'm I'm trying to do everything beforehand because yeah, once he's awake and doing things, then kind of you know Monroe like you with your wife. Um, you know, he'll come in and he'll ask like just today. You know, I was in a, a Zoom meeting with one of my students, and then he came in and was asking me a bunch of questions, which is fine. The student I was meeting with was totally fine with it, um, but still, it's just that distraction. It's that difficulty of of kind of you know um, dividing attention between um, different things and different people and whatnot, and it just adds to that that challenge of anything that we're trying to do you know trying to focus on uh, kind of our own you know projects or whatever we might have so so definitely being at home you know it it is a, a kind of added difficulty which again to you know reiterate Monroe what you were saying we are overall lucky we still have jobs um, my wife technically has a job, but she is getting you know zero hours and zero dollars right now. Mm-hmm. So that is not really the same. But still, at, at least we have our jobs; they're secure. Um, even over the summer, as things are changing, we still have you know jobs and so on. So so we're lucky, but it still is adding that that challenge. And it's been it's been challenging. I'll <laughs> use that word about twenty seven times in a row.
2: Yeah, and I mean, and I'm I'm I'd be really curious to know to what degree is this feeling of of, uh, the challengingness of uh, that that you articulate, is that unique to like comprehensive universities of uh, undergraduate focused institutions? I was talking to a a really dear friend of mine who is at an R1 uh, where they have like a 1-0 or a 1-1 teaching load and uh they were talking about like yeah you know we've been talking in our research group like this is going to be a really like we're all working on like new theory papers right now and and we're working on uh because we can't do research so like we're working on just transitioning our work into doing a lot of research writing and i'm like i'm happy for them but i but at the same time, like, I, I think like, there's a little bit of a, like, well, that's, yeah, ha- happy. I, I, I am genuinely happy for my friend. Um, but at the same time, there is an emotion of like, well, that's nice for you. Uh, because I think that the fact like that the teaching load is relatively, I think that the, like, the level of stress and the level of sort of uncertainty and all these challenges challenges, scales directly with our teaching load. And so I, I think that this is a challenge that's really being borne more by people at comprehensive universities, at people who are at liberal arts institutions where like teaching of undergraduates and grad and like master students is is a is a primary focus. And now I like I don't know. Like I'm not at an R1. So like you know, feel free to like crap all over this this point of view. But um but at least, like my my small sample size, my n of one suggested that like there's still people like they're still stressed out too. But it's it's easier to reframe this as like yeah we can set like we can actually like get a whole bunch of research done because like we didn't have that much teaching to do in the first place.
1: Yeah, I've been kind of related to that. I've been trying to pay attention to the different projects that have been started. So a number of researchers, not surprisingly, have. Um, started projects that are about, you know, coronavirus and people's perceptions of them and how that's been been going. And it's been really interesting looking at those projects, but I keep having the feeling like, good God, like, how, how are you getting all of this stuff done? Like, how is it that you're meeting with, you know, 27 people putting these things online, analyzing the day, doing this in, in the last, you know, two weeks when I'm just like struggling to kind of keep my head, you know, above water? And so it is interesting looking at that. That being said, um, I mean, even though I would say the vast majority of those projects are are started and run by people at um, R one universities. All that being said, I, I still do think and and imagine that they're probably dealing with the you know their own anxieties, their own struggles, their own things. And it might be that you know by you know throwing themselves into these projects, that's actually how they are dealing with some of those anxieties that they're they're having. So. Um, you know, I don't want to necessarily say that they're having it easier than we do. It's just different, you know? Yeah. Not, not that I think that's what you you meant at all, but I just putting that
2: out there. No, I think that's absolutely, absolutely right. Like, you know, people are going to cope differently. And I mean, and some of it has been kind of inspiring for me. So, so like, Jim Everett put together, like a, a, like, a paper with a whole bunch of people on, like, how to message about coronavirus in, like, a week, I okay. think. Like, they, like, ran the studies... Great. Um, it was, like, after after we came back from SPSB, they, like, ran the studies, wrote up the studies, and, like, there it is, the preprint in, l- I think, literally a week. And I remember looking at that going, like, holy shit. Like, that's that's kind of inspiring that, like, I mean, I can't do that. But, yeah. like, the fact that, like, you did, like, that is badass. And, I mean, yeah. if, that, if that's how people cope, like, A-okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've had a similar reaction because um, uh, Jin Go did something similar with responses to um, <laughs> to coronavirus. Um, we're we're on Zoom and we're getting some some like back channel chats, so that's what I'm uh, laughing at on air. Um, but there's cats involved, as there always is on Zoom. Uh, but yeah, I've been really inspired to see that kind of thing <laughs> and um, see people really take advantage of this. Um, yeah, and I was going to say, too, I wonder if um, some of it, going back to this idea of like how people cope, I wonder if some people are saying, well, I'm going to phone everything else in, but uh, I'm going to really hammer home this research project. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's maybe where they're at. Um, I don't know if that's a fair take either. It might be a little too cynical, but um, I could see some folks falling into that.
2: Yeah. I mean, the the majority of sentiments that I've seen on things like Twitter and, and other types mm-hmm. of media platforms has been something like I'm gonna phone in these sort of like very disparate tasks um, and and like lecturing being one of those types of disparate tasks tasks but I am absolutely willing to like go to the mattresses for my students and for like the people that that I mentor uh, and and that that's a sentiment that I sort of, that, that sort of resonates with me. Like if, if you're my student, if, if I am your mentor, like I will like wade through hell and high water for you uh, in order to like get you to the point where like you're, you're graduating or like to get you the resources that you need. Um, but like for just like putting together a lecture, I'm gonna do my best job that I can, but I'm not gonna break my neck for it uh, because that, I mean, to be honest, like, that just feels way less important. Um, and, like, that that's a place where because I have a finite amount of shits to give, um, there will be fewer shits given to that.
3: That's where I'm at. I think maybe the difference between comprehensive and R1s is just what people have, like, unspoken permission to put on the back burner. Yeah. Our expectation here is that we won't completely trash our teaching (laughs) and focus on research and so and the expectation or well and the load at r1s is different and so they if they have to get anything done maybe the priority is that they have to get their research done yeah because if we have to get anything done the priority is our classes have to be taken care of and our students have to be taken care of
1: I did want to spend, so I agree with that, but I did want to spend, uh, you know, a few minutes as we're kind of winding down here, talking about how this has affected kind of personal life type things. So we've kind of been hinting around this, but, you know, we're we're social distancing. We're under the, what do we stay at home or whatever the order is? Shelter in place.
2: Shelter
1: in place. I don't know, whatever it's called. We're not supposed to be hanging out. So you know, I mean, there there have been a lot of changes, and you know, we did we did happy hour on Zoom a couple mm-hmm. that we have done happy hour on Zoom a few times, and and how that's been done. So so how has that been, I don't know, kind of influencing things, um, just kind of from personal experiences, personal life. Uh, just to, as a kind of random tangent, I feel like we've been with my family that we've been um, getting takeout more often than we used to, which is weird because we're not supposed to kind of go out. But I kind of feel like because we've been at home all day, you know, every day, and then when it gets like time for dinner, we're just like, oh God, like we, we just, I don't want to cook another meal at home, whatever. Let's just get takeout. And I mean, I say more than usual, so we're still only doing it, you know, a couple times a week, but still, like, I feel like we've gotten takeout more now than we ever used to, which is kind of weird. But, but I don't know, have you guys had any other experiences or any other kind of change? What other changes
0: have you kind of experienced? Well, in regards to takeout, there's also been push like on social media for a lot of the companies around here and restaurants around here. They're even doing contests. It's like, you know, support these local businesses, keep them alive during all of this. Um, So I think there's a moral argument to be made there. Uh, But more to the point with like changes in my personal life, um, it's as, as simple as like yesterday I got up from my recliner and I sat on my couch and I was like, oh, this is a nice change of pace. And now that I'm saying this, I realize like how ridiculous and like privileged that sounds. But like, it's like, I've been in this like weird, like funk where like time doesn't really sync up. And I mean, I'm still having my normal meetings and stuff, but like these small changes, um, make a big difference. Um, our cats are like weirdly more distant. They like want to go outside all the time. Um, I don't know if they're just like not used to having us around, Uh, I realize I keep describing all these really like simple things. Um, But yeah, it it has also sucked like not being able to, to see all of y'all and and see people I'm normally interacting with. Um, Or like, you know, things with family. Like I had plans with my family to meet up um, and we actually, like my siblings and I haven't all been together for quite a while, like not even for the holidays and stuff like that. Um, And that's been, disrupted so that's that's something that's you know taking some time to adjust to and some um, things uh, have changed around that sorry I'm getting distracted on the video Sorry, um, right.
2: right. that, that's me
0: no it's all good I'm easily distractible um, so yeah I would say that things like that have been a little bit harder to deal with I hadn't
1: thought about it until you brought it up but we have a family reunion planned mm-hmm. for I guess that's the beginning of uh, July and that's in in florida so nope. yeah that um might not I mean, be happening now i hadn't nope. I, i've been so focused on what's happening like in the next like week or mm-hmm. two i haven't even thought about that but yeah that's i don't think that's far enough away
2: yeah only if you want to have significantly less family next year <laughs> yeah uh, some
1: of them maybe no <laughs> <laughs> they're
2: the high risk categories yes
3: yeah. uh, uh, yeah, I cancel a trip that I had planned to Glacier National Park in Montana, um, and that's a bummer, but, you know, I'd rather not die, so I'm willing to accept it. Um, for me, it's it's been really interesting, because I'm pretty introverted, and so I just was sort of like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal, because um, I, you know, we joke about how I don't, leave the house on the weekends. <laughs> like I go to work Monday through Friday, Friday evening, I go home, and then I don't leave again until Monday. Um, and I mean, it was an exaggeration, because I would go run errands and things of that nature. And now that's out the window as well. And now it's not just Friday to Monday, but Friday to Thursday, or whatever the case may be. And so yeah, um, it has been surprising to me that I don't, I just feel kind of like afloat. I don't feel grounded at all. Um, And yeah, Chris, what you said about time definitely rings true. Like I just, the passage of time is very confusing to me at the moment. (laughs) Like sometimes I think it's really fast and other times I feel like it's taking hours for a minute to go by. And so um, that's been weird. I would say I'm saving money because I'm eating yeah. a lot less. Mm. So I'm saving money, which is, you know, nice. And um, I've, I'm in closer contact with certain friends and family that I didn't used to talk to as much just because we're all stressed out and checking in on each other. And so that's been a nice sort of bonus Yeah. From- situation um so i don't know in general i'm lucky because i can stay home and still do my job and i'm able-bodied and i can get to the grocery store and all of those things so i try to keep that in mind but it just feels surreal yeah
1: yeah that's interesting so you brought up like being closer to some people like i've i've been focusing a lot on the the negatives But that is true. Like, I've checked in with my family more than I normally would and and checked in with my parents and whatnot. And so, so yeah, we have actually probably been in closer contact in the last, you know, few weeks than we normally would. And then even thinking about, you know, I was complaining earlier about having to, you know, juggle, um, you know, having my son and whatnot. But I, I think that, I mean, right now, I do feel like he and I are closer than what mm-hmm. we have been because we've been spending so much time together, because it's, you know, every day he isn't just going to school and I drop him off. It's like, oh hey, then he's here all day. And so yeah, so it is interesting that, you know, I don't know, trying to see silver linings, trying to think about the the positives that yeah, there there could be some kind of positive aspects to it, even though the negatives sure seem to be kind of more salient right now.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I mean, I, I think my experience is much like all of you. I mean, what I'll say uh, that might be a little bit different is I'm, I'm really lonely. Um, and like even like Zoomy hours, uh, like happy hours over Zoom and, and all these things, that, that's great. And I enjoy getting to see my friends. And, and I, um, like, like you said, Smith, I actually have like, connected more with individuals um, than I've done in the past. Um, but there's, there's something very different, uh, about interacting in person than interacting over, over the, the internet. And so like, I so, like, I'm, I'm pretty lonely. Um, and, and that, that kind of sucks. Um, but like, there are also some silver lining aspects. Um, one of them being, so, you know, I, I commute into work and that's a long commute. Yeah. The downside of that is I'm not getting to listen to all my podcasts anymore. Yeah. I really really miss those, but getting that time back uh, I've been trying to like channel that and also like channel my stress into like exercising a lot more so i'm I'm fitter now than I have been in probably the last six months uh, so that that's an upside and getting to eat out and having like a good moral justification for like i'm not eating out for me yeah. i'm eating out to like benefit small business like this is yeah what can I do for you? I'm eating these noodles for you. Uh,
1: Yeah, my wife and I literally had that conversation earlier about like, well, but I mean, these small businesses, these local, I mean, they need our uh, um, business. They need us to keep going to these places. And we just didn't want to cook.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's an amazing beer shop uh, that has like all of these like super rare, super hard to find beers. And like, I don't want this place to go out of business. And so I'm, I'm going to like just buy a bunch of beer and then drink it for them. Uh, not, it's not for me. Uh, it's, it's for them. I mean, good they're, they're amazing, yeah, good uh, but like, no. yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm doing my civic duty by drinking beer. Uh,
0: if we want the stimulus package to work, we've got to spend that money, right?
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I, I mean, all I'll say about that is is any behavioral scientist would have told them a single payment isn't going to stimulate the economy. Yeah. Um, it will help some people get by, and that's, that's good. Um, but if you actually want to stimulate the economy, you would need to give people, like, reliable injections of money. But, like, yeah. any any behavioral scientist would have told them that. But Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, not, you know, not to, to derail.
2: scientists like hire me. I'm, I'm cheap.
0: <laughs> just give him beer. He's good to go. <laughs> just, just give me
2: beer. No, don't don't give me beer because I buy that from right, local right. businesses. Give me money so that I can spend that money on beer. Yeah yeah, beer. yeah,
1: yeah. And you have so much free time right now, so you could work on all these extra projects, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm productive. I'm not doing anything. I just, I wake up in the morning, I make my coffee, and then I just sit and eat bonbons on the couch all day.
3: Nice.
1: That sounds like a good life. <laughs> all right. Well, does anybody have any kind of final coronavirus comments to, to make here? Stay home, stay safe. <laughs> yeah.
2: Stay home, stay safe indeed.
1: Yeah. I. The last thing that I'll say is that I... I definitely like podcasting better when we're all in the same room, but it is nice to still see all of you guys and get back into this. Yeah, for sure. Interestingly,
2: I prefer to be farther away from you, (laughs) (laughs) Smith. That sounds about right.
1: I get it. I get it. (laughs) Kidding. Uh,
2: Kidding. I I miss you guys. (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we will talk with you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Marginally Significant. We'd love to hear if you have comments, questions, or any feedback about today's episode. You can message us on Twitter at MarginallySig. Our email address is MarginallySig at gmail.com. And there's a contact form on our website, which is MarginallySig.com. However you contact us, we'll be sure to reply. Uh, If you're interested in supporting the show, we'd also love getting reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And finally, uh, you can post about the show on Twitter, Facebook, or any other social media platform that you use. However you support the show, we really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.